7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome our listeners back. I hope that everyone had a good time bringing in the new year and that 2021 will be the year of change. As you know, January 18th is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and we wanted to share with our listeners information about the King Art Complex and the services and programs that it provides to our communities. We have with us today Javon Collins, Performing Arts Director. Welcome, Javon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Felice, and hello to everyone out there. Thank you for the opportunity. The guest speaker with us today, Mr. Ernest Kelly. Hello, Ernie. Uh, good, good evening. Good, good evening, Javon. Good evening. Javon, what I would like you to do is that i like for our listeners to kind of get an idea of the person that you are. So could you give them just a little bit about, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you came about working for the King Arts Complex? Okay. Well, my history with the Martin Luther King Jr. Performing and Cultural Arts Complex started way back when I was 11 years old. Uh, when I got my scholarship to go to the Ohio State University via the Young Scholars Program. Uh, at that time, when I was 11, did not know what my future, uh, you know, held for me, but I knew I was going to college. And for me to have that epiphany at the King Arts Complex uh, just meant so much to me. Uh, went on to, and it's like your path kind of, you know, paves itself. And uh, when I went on to OSU, I ended up working at the Wexner Center for the Arts. So, that got me engaged with the arts and uh, getting, you know, more knowledgeable about performing arts, visual arts, and things of that nature while I was pursuing my undergraduate degree at Ohio State. And uh, once I had graduated, I ended up working for the state of Ohio for a little bit. And um, I had a friend of mine that I used to, you know, play instruments with back in middle school. And she was like, hey, you know, there's a job open at the complex. And I was like, yeah, because, you know, I enjoyed the job at the state, but it was just data entry. And for me, you know, I've always kind of been, you know, a part of organizing and planning and, and just not being behind a computer. So I pretty much took that that chance and I interviewed, got the job a, a day later. And, you know, before the pandemic, I had been at the complex at least one day every week since September 2006. Unfortunately, the streak ended uh, with the pandemic this year, but um, we've been doing some great programming this year, virtual programming, and also our HUD process pro- uh, programming. So been a part of the King Arts Complex for well over, <laughs> almost nearly all my life uh, since 11. So, um, <laughs> and to serve as performing arts director for the past 10 years uh, has just been a blessing. And just, you know, planting the seeds for the future so that the next Javon Collins, who is involved in arts administration, can kind of take, you know, what I've accomplished and, and take it to the next level. And, and also for the organization, just to bring it to new heights and to make sure that more people across this city, this state, this country are familiar with the King Arts Complex. When when the King Art Complex came around, I know that it used to be some type of theater. I forget what the name of the theater was. Mm-hmm. I do kind of remember that theater. Yeah, and then you they decided to turn it into the King Art Complex. Can you share with us that how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. So the Pythian Theater. Um, Man, it's uh, it's let's see, it's 2021, so it's about to turn 95 years old. Uh, but we inhabited the theater uh, for 30 plus years, and um, the original thing was the you know the space was 
you know, around that time in the late 70s and early 80s, it was just a lot of change going in the Mount Vernon area. And for those who are from Columbus, um, knows how vibrant the Mount, Mount Vernon, you know, uh, street, Mount Vernon Avenue and Long Street being entitled the Million Dollar Block was back, back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But of course, things kind of changed, I would say, with I-71 cutting through the community, and that's why I just got off a, another call with a publication and expressing to them that, you know, the reason why you see Shiloh Baptist Church right there is because Mount Vernon continued all the way to High Street. And I was talking to Hal Williams, um, the great actor, Hal Roy Williams, and um, when I had spoke to him a couple of years back, I was like, hey, you know, where was your childhood home that he would walk from and hustle to East High School? And he said it doesn't exist anymore. It would have been directly in I-71. So just kind of hearing those stories of the history that, you know, people such as myself uh, will never see and only, you know, kind of read about or, you know, hear stories about, it, it really fascinates me. So to really, to be a part of the history and telling the stories of our community is why, you know, I love being a part of the King Arts Complex and just continuing to tell the great story of the amazing people who was, you know, living in the area, whether it was arts or education or politics. I mean, it was just such an amazing area. And I was just talking to somebody that if I was in Chicago or New York in the 1930s or 40s, you tell them Columbus, Ohio, they wouldn't even under like what, you know, you would have to tell them Mount Vernon Avenue or Long Street in Ohio for them to connect with Columbus, Ohio. But, you know, overall, it's just so much history. I give thanks to, you know, some of my mentors like Betty Stahl and just all the people who have shared those stories with me that I continue to share with the youth when I give facility tours at the King Arts Complex. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> let me get back to the theater. But the theater was, you know, dilapidated, not really functioning. And, uh, you know, back in 1982, then city council, city council president Jerry Hammond uh, and the city council put in, you know, legislation to create the King Center. Uh, we then, you know, have since changed our name to the Martin Luther King Jr. Performing Culture, Culture Arts Complex. But when we first opened, it was the King Arts Center. And uh, the, the, the beginning was connecting the existing Pythian Theater with the existing Garfield Elementary School, in which they were in close proximity. And the Garfield School, that one was built in the mid-1950s. So with the design and the layout and our first um, architecture team was uh, Moody Nolan, and they were able to connect the existing uh, Garfield Elementary School to the Pythian Theater to create the King Arts Complex. First phase opened up in March of 1987, which was the Pythian side, and the second phase opened up in 1989, which is the Garfield side. I, I graduated from Ohio State too, but it probably was uh, when you was probably a youngster in uh, 1979, uh, originally from Akron, Ohio, and mm -hmm. so we used to party. We used to party over there by that. <laughs> Up there in Mount Vernon Plaza. What was that little club down in the basement they had down up there? The Marble Gang yeah, used to be above it. Yeah, yeah. the Marble Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's because the, uh, the plaza opened up in 78. So, and I've seen footage of Jimmy Carter when they were doing the dedication. But, yeah, I'm not surprised. As a Buckeye, I mean, we used to do our partying at the Valleydale on um, Sunbury. So, you know, we, we oh, didn't yeah. always yeah. do our partying at the Union. So we always, you know, ventured. But we didn't, 
have many parties at Mount Vernon, but I remember, you know, as a student at Northland High School with a couple of friends going to some Jack and Jill events up at the uh, the King Arts, um, or what was it, the Grand Ballroom. So have a huge and, and strong connection to the area. Oh, okay. Are you from the Brennell area then? No, sir. Actually, uh, well, I can go back. Uh, my great-grandfather moved our my maternal family, my mother's family, from Cleveland uh, to Columbus to basically help build Poindexter Village. So that's how my maternal oh, family oh, got yeah. here. And, yeah, so my great-grandfather, uh, Anthony Porter, was originally from Virginia, uh, made it to Cleveland, and came to Columbus. So my um, roots here have been over the past 80-plus years. Uh, even my paternal family, my paternal side, uh, my grandmother's from Xenia, Ohio. Uh, so I have lots of central Ohio and Ohio roots, um, you know, from the past three generations. But I had, I do have some questions for you. I was just, I just thought that was interesting. He was just telling his age. He was part of If you went to Chicago, they would know, like you said, if you say Mount Vernon and Lone, so Ernie knows about that time period. And then y'all go oh, 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 yeah. like you said, and went to the Valley Dale. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yes, that. you did. Every icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm familiar with the, with the Young Scholars Program, too, because yes, I am. Uh, I don't give a I don't donate a lot of money to it, but whenever whatever I can every year I try and can you know, send a gift to the uh young scholars program uh over at Ohio State. So I I do try and do that. But I was just uh just 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 wondering um uh in, for you to be at the Art center. Uh, do you like? Are you an artist, or a musician, or what is? Uh, what what drew you to there besides wanting to wanting to be there? Yeah, I would say, um, like I said, sometimes it feels like your past is kind of predestined, and and I think that's what happened because you know with the Wexner Center, you know, I, I had some interest in art. I mean, back when I was. In middle school and high school, you know, again, product of Columbus, Ohio, went to Forest Park Elementary School, Wilbur Park Middle School, and Northland High School. And uh, when I made it to uh, OSU, you know, I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. But always being involved in the arts, I would consider myself an, an artist as well. Um, I actually started a rap group right back at, at Northland High School. We won talent shows. I won a talent show at Northland High School, a talent show at Ohio State. Uh, so just being in the arts has always allowed me to kind of feel, you know, free in a sense and, and always loving to create. Uh, I remember as a youngster, I wanted to work for Nike, uh, but I got some bad advice from a counselor who told me to go into civil engineering, which is roads and bridges. And I was like, you guys are trying to redirect me the wrong path. So um, <laughs> I had to kind of recalibrate. Yeah. And it's just like, got to get three opinions. Right. <laughs> but I had to, recalibrate and uh, figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up graduating uh, with a degree in uh, product development and evaluation. So I was basically able to learn how to design clothing and doing interiors and all that. And then also supplemented that experience with uh, my uh, Wexner Center for the Arts time. I went from the the coat check all the way to the the second floor and assisting uh, the finance and all that. So I had a 
really uh, just a great experience there. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like, oh, I'm the only, you know, young black man, you know, working at this arts facility and all that, because I really feel that it paid my way and really, you know, cultivated my love for the arts to allow me to, you know, end up at the King Arts Complex and to have been at the complex for 15 years now. It's truly a blessing. Uh, all the people, you know, we, I've met, all the programs I've been a part of. It's just been, you know, a blessing, and that's why I'm still there to this day. Doing a good job. I appreciate that. If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Um, I see that you have a, quite a few programs here. That The ones that I see are like all art days. Is the the uh-huh. kids, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we, we have youth programming. And as I just mentioned, you know, it's been, what, 15 years I've been there. So I've seen people, that, the older students who were there when I started have graduated college. So uh, to see, you know, the students coming back and some of them are starting their families is, is truly amazing. But, you know, our youth programming begins for students age five and it goes to, you know, age 12. And that goes with our youth uh, academies in which there's a winter academy during the break, uh, spring academy, and summer academy. So we were able to do a virtual summer academy last year um, based on the pandemic. So we're just examining ways we'll move forward uh, this year. Hopefully we may be able to convene and, and have some campers in, in our, you know, building. Uh, but we are, you know, undergoing some renovation. So there's still a lot of great things to come for the complex. But the youth programs are very pivotal for, you know, all the students who have come through it. And you have people saying, if it weren't for this program, I wouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. So it just shows the impact of the King Arts Complex and how we've been, you know, connecting community through the arts for nearly the past 34 years. So, and that's something we'll continue to do. And even for our teenagers in which sometimes they feel like, oh, you know, I'm not going to summer school with, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds. So they get a little older. And um, what we have for the older students are, you know, after-school programs in which right now they're doing a filmmaking uh, class in which they're making their own movie. So just the opportunity <gasps> for the students to, cool. yeah. And, and this is the second time. We actually did um, another, like, short film a couple years back. And uh, so this is our second, you know, filmmaking course, and the students are just really engaged and so excited to do it. And just providing that opportunity and, like I said, planting seeds for the future um, and just allowing the students to say, hey, you know, I was able to do that at the King Arts Complex is a beautiful thing. But the education is a huge, huge foundation of the King Arts Complex. And over the past five years, uh, under the, you know, guidance of our you know, cultural arts director, Lynn Logan Grimes, she implemented a program entitled First Tuesday Tea, and that's when we, you know, offer an opportunity from Steve for seniors age 55 and older to come to the King Arts Complex and uh, have lunch with us, as well as, you know, see some entertainment. Uh, either we've had concerts, we've had, you know, activities, and then also to create art. You know, you have little workshops for the seniors as well. So we, we, we strive to, you know, provide something for the entire family 
And uh, as you see with the youth programs, and then, of course, our, you know, programs for everyone, our MLK Day, the Nina Robinson All Arts Day, Heritage Music Festival. Um, with those events and then, you know, with First Tuesday Tea, we really, um, you know, have something for the entire family. And our programs are just getting stronger, but it's just, a, you know, it's just so great to see things that started off like with First Tuesday Tea, maybe 12 people. Uh, the last time we were able to convene, which I believe was, I think, last March, uh, we were nearly standing room. So it, it grew exponentially to the point now where we have to bring in extra seats. So we went from 12 seniors to nearly 150 seniors every uh, every month. So, And then also we've had great participation online as well. I'm a, I said I was looking at the tea. I said I might have to go over there and join the tea. <laughs> I it's just a good time. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do y'all handle that now? <laughs> yeah, so how do y'all uh, handle that now since COVID? Yeah, just virtually, virtually. I mean, everything okay. is pretty much virtual. I mean, we, we just want everyone to be safe, and we don't want anyone who's, you know, coming to enjoy any programs or provide a service on our programs to feel as if, you know, there's a, you know, we were all mitigating the pandemic and we're all somewhat at risk, but we don't want those to, you know, especially our seniors to come out in a, in a predicament that, you know, may not be the best situation for them. So uh, with the verbal, com I'm sorry, with the virtual component, uh, we've, you know, had performances uh, for the seniors and virtually almost everything we do except for come together and, and you know, sip the tea and, and have lunch together. But we're, we're always continuing to provide that to our seniors and also for some seniors who possibly weren't as computer savvy or Zoom savvy. Uh, it's helped them kind of get acclimated to, you know, the new normal that's been going on since last March. Did you guys talk about the Martin Luther King breakfast and uh, is that under uh, the King's Art Arts Complex, Javon? No, we have a great partnership with the MLK Breakfast Committee. Uh, you know, major shout out to Mr. Burt Castle and all of his team. Uh, but, yeah, we have a great relationship with them. As, you know, many years ago, they would do their ticket sales at the King Arts Complex. So if you were going to the breakfast, you had to come to the King Arts Complex. But uh, they've, you know, grown exponentially. As you know, we have what, you know, the largest MLK breakfast in the country. So uh, we're just so honored to work with them and to continue to keep the life and legacy of Dr. King on the forefront of everyone's mind, not just in that third Monday of January, but all year round, because, you know, there's so many quotes, so many examples that, you know, we can all pull from his lifetime, which was only 39 years. And to utilize that and to, you know, make a more harmonious, you know, city and country that we need and, and to make sure that, you know, we can, you know, continue. I know we might think with everything that's been going on in the past year and what's been going on in just the past 10 years, 10 days of this year, um, that we're not really, we're, we're spinning our wheels. But I do feel that, you know, we're going to see the extremities of what we've been seeing in order to hopefully come together and heal. And, and that's what, you know, we plan to be a part of the solution and, and trying to, galvanize everyone because uh, we all have to have a common understanding and respect for each other in order for us to move forward in a positive direction for the children. So they are having the breakfast this year, but virtually? 
It's virtually, yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, so we, we anticipate, you know, as much uh, interaction uh, that they would normally get in a virtual situation. Um, I think most people who, you know, want to be involved will be involved. And for me, it's like we're doing our MLK open house a little differently. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we'll stream it out, you know, to the community, but we have uh, pre-recorded that event. And uh, we have some great performances that will air on Monday, uh, January 18th, beginning at 12 p.m. And, um, you know, because I was having a conversation that the breakfast is the start of the day. You know, you go from the breakfast um, to the our open house, which is generally from 12 to 4. Uh, but since we're doing it virtually, we're just doing two hours this year. And then from there, we used to have, you know, marches that would go from maybe more park. But since the city has done their event at East High School, they've done a different march in the past couple of years. But the fact that we're doing all that we can to lift up the life and legacy of Dr. King on his birthday is just a beautiful thing, especially when you hear about cities who, you know, I've heard I've had people come in from out of town like, wow, Columbus really honors Dr. King. And for, you know, for me to be a part of it, you know, since I started at the complex, you know, that's what it's about, you know, for me. You know, this is just, you know, it's kind of like a dream come true to do what I do, you know, and it's 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 not easy by, by no stretch of the imagination. But still, the impact that, you know, I'm able to have and just everything that I've learned that's going to take me to great heights in my future and uh, to have had this experience at the King Arts Complex means so much to me. And I'm just so happy, like I said, to be a part of it, uh, but to continue uh, to advocate and to be an ambassador for people across the city, across the state, and across this country. When they're in Columbus, you know, the, the King Arts Complex is a destination, and we want everyone to come in, not only to learn about Dr. King, but just the great people from Columbus, the great artists, the Amina Robinsons, the Roman Johnsons, the Smokey Brown, the Barbara Chavis, the, the list goes on and on and on. And those are people that, you know, Elijah Pierce, people who don't know that have shaped this culture, Kojo Kamo. I mean, there's so many names that, you know, and even Rasan Roland Kirk. You know, I remember I was doing a tour for great jazz musician Lonnie Liston Smith, and as I was walking through the hall, tell him about how Rasan Roland Kirk was born here in Columbus, and he just stopped like, whoa. Yeah. It was like my first tour was with Rasan Roland Kirk. And when he told me that, and just to share that moment with Lonnie Liston Smith, you know, I just, you know, I, I tell my wife sometimes that, I can't dwell on what's going on now because if I look at the impact of, you know, the things that we've done at the complex, things I've been a part of, it would really just probably make me cry for hours because it's been a blessing just to impact lives and to just be a part of such such a positive organization and to, you know, be under the guise of Dr. King. And the fact that, you know, I guess the kids as I've gotten older, uh, kind of trimming my facial hair a little differently, like, hey, are you Dr. King? So for the kids to even think I'm Dr. King, I mean, it's, it, it's humble. But if I can do just a small percentage of what he was able to do in his 39 years in my, in my career and for the rest of my life, you know, that's, that's what it's about. Just what are we leaving behind? What are we paying for? What, what can people look back like, oh, look at what was done, you know? So, yeah, so that's just, you know, I'm, I'm just so excited and thankful to have this opportunity, but continuing to know that it's a lot of work and just making sure that everyone understands that, you know, we, we do this for the community and we also do this so that Dr. King's never forgotten uh, all the civil rights, you know, advocates and, and everyone who has fought for everything that we're able to have today 
they're all a part of that because we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors. And if it wasn't for them, uh, you know, I wouldn't have some of the opportunities I have today. And, you know, real quickly, when we went to the National uh, Museum of African-American History and Culture in D.C., uh, I didn't get to go through the full space. And if you haven't gone, I recommend that everyone goes. If you haven't gone, uh, please go, uh, because it's just it, it just shows our culture in such a positive light. And uh, when I was able to go to the first segment, uh, it really touched me because in all my years, I did not know that I shared the same birthday as Emmett Till. And when I learned that, oh. I mean, I just what? I was floored. Yes, indeed, wow. July 25th. And when I learned that, I was I couldn't breathe almost. You know, I was just looking at my wife. I was like, I, I never knew. And to know that, you know, even though, you know, we got years apart, but just the fact that sharing the same birthday and just knowing what was done to him, an image that I can never take away from my memory. You know, I don't need to <laughs> right. see it again. I, it, it's never going anywhere, you know. And right. just to have that, you know, and just, you know, the travels of, my existence where, you know, I told my, my, my parents that, you know, my mother couldn't have any more children. Then in the blizzard of 78, you all may remember, she finds out yep. she's pregnant with me. You know, I'm virtually a miracle and I'm born on the same day as the first test tube baby on July 25th, 1978. So I feel that my, my existence has just been a blessing. And all I can do is just continue to pay it forward and do the best that I can to make sure that everyone understands that, you know, this is, you know, we only have one shot. So it's about what we do within it. And um, I'm going to just do my all just not only to make my family, you know, my wife and everyone proud, but just to make, you know, the city proud of my efforts and my efforts at the King Arts Complex. Sorry, got a little uh, emotional would... there. No, that's okay. No, that's I can understand that. Um, I do want to talk about May May Park. I have never been to any of what? y'all's concerts there. I know. Uh-huh. Everybody would talk about I'm going to May May Park. I'm going they doing line dance uh-huh. over here. They doing this. Uh-huh. Come on, police, come on, police. And the first time that I ever I mean, I went to uh, the King Art Complex to see a couple of events. But it was always that night, so I never knew, you know, really been made, you know, to May May Park. I didn't even know where it was at until we did a we we did a health fair with the city of Columbus. And remember we went down there and they had the music, uh they had bands and stuff going on when they had that big mm-hmm. health fair there and they had all kinds of stuff going on. That's when someone said, Oh, that's May May Park. I said, What? <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Tell us what goes on <laughs> with the Heritage Music Festival because uh, yeah. now I said, shoot, I think I'll go. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I think I'll yeah, go I'm now. Saying. Yeah, so it's what, another signature event. Uh, one time no. a year, or so that's through several, uh, through the summer, Jazz? Yeah, it's a series. It's a series of events. Yeah, the Her- yeah. Yeah, Heritage Music Festival, it's a series of events. I mean, we. You know, whew, I was telling someone I've done nearly a hundred of them <laughs> since uh, 2007. Really? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we started off my first couple of years, we had eight concerts every summer: four in July, four in August. Uh, I would say about six or seven years ago, uh, we switched up to just to do six concerts. Um, but it's grown exponentially. I remember my first summer, we would have maybe three to four hundred people. Our last outdoor concert, which was in August of 2019, we had the uh, fellow Ohioan, uh, the group Lakeside, 
and they were out at the park, and we had at least, I mean, in the surrounding area, I mean, the whole Many More Park was filled, uh, but we may have had about 15,000 people in the immediate area. So, and the fact that it's a, a true community event. Excuse me, as they say, time does fly when you're having fun. We have to end this week's show. I hope that you will tune in next week to listen to part two with Javon Collins talking about the programs and services of the King Art Complex. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.